Hello, hello. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to NYU's premier student news and culture show, The Rundown, here on WNYU 89.1 FM and online everywhere at WNYU.org. I'm your host, Harrison VJ Choi. Now, in today's age, where we can order Ethiopian food right to our doorstep from five different apps while at the same time scheduling a date on a dating app, you can say that we're not only glued to social media, but we're pretty susceptible towards gravitating to convenient things. So in today's episode of The Rundown, we're taking a look at a new dating app called Ship, as well as a film festival that's all about films that are conveniently one minute or less. Starting things off for us tonight is Nikki Cruz. This past January, the dating app companies Match Group and Betches joined together to launch a new dating app called Ship. The app deviates from your basic dating platform by allowing users to help their friends pick potential dates. It creates a crew in which you automatically have group chats where you can see each other's picks and discuss whatever you please. Friends see profiles based on their single friend's pre-selected preferences, but the app still requires a single person to match with them as well before they can chat. It allows you to make your own dating choices while still getting the opinion of others. You no longer have to screenshot profiles or attempt to paraphrase bios for your friends. It's all right there in the app. The goal of SHIP is to usher in a new wave of online-slash-app-driven dating, simulating the way friends introduce you to potential partners. According to a Stanford 2017 study called How Couples Meet and Stay Together, Through Friends was the leading way couples met every decade since the 1960s. It wasn't until this decade that online dating outpaced friends. Visualcapitalist.com analyzed the data pulled from this study, stating that the number of couples meeting online has more than doubled in the last decade to about one in five. Although I have never personally used dating apps, my friends are avid users and a few months ago they discovered SHIP. We all eagerly joined in the hopes of finding our friend Adam a nice girl. What's cool about the app is that you can pick matches for your friends without necessarily opting into them picking matches for you. So in other words, people like me in committed relationships, or I guess even your mom, could have a say in your dating life. I asked my friends Adam and Sabina about the app and how they've been using it. Well, we were all like having a good time like trying to figure out who would like who, but then we were all getting roasted for our like romantic proclivities. No, we were getting roasted for the bad choices we were picking. Like that too, that too. <laughs> I don't know. Were we competitive about it though? No, I feel like we were just like messing around most of the time. Yeah. Just, like, Ooh, she's pretty. Yeah. And we were like, oh yes, yes, very. <laughs> and you guys just like were like, okay, I don't know, swipe free right now. Swipe right on everybody. I'm like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and then like when I was with Alex and you know. Coffee shop. It's kind of just like, oh, that looks who would treat you right? And she's like, I don't like that guy. I'm like, well, I don't really care. I'm, I like this guy. So here for you. So here you go. And you know, I guess I just kept trying to find matches who would like make her the most upset. Like, business investor, 26 years old. Oh yes, Alex, perfect for you. Yeah, I remember like picking ones that I just thought were like funny. Like there was like a man with a monkey, and I was like, this is hilarious. I need to give this to Alex. And she was like, what? Like this man has nothing to do with me like he's really old and i was like but he has a monkey like <laughs> i think some of us take it more seriously than others like i when i was on it i would seriously consider like hmm would adam enjoy going out with this girl does she seem like adam's kind of gal 
So, do you think we have different conceptions of what each other need? Yes. Yes. <laughs> How so? Kind of forces you to, like, consider the way you're perceived, like, the way that your friends think about you and your dating life, kind of, which is yep. interesting. Do you think that's something that we should care about? Uh, it depends. I think sometimes. Like, if someone's dating a person who's really not good for them, then I think it's important to, like, hear your friend's perspective on that. So do you think the mm -hmm. app facilitates this conversation? I think so. But it's also just an app, you know? I feel like first got to worry about if you are going to get along with the person you've been matched with first before, you know, you worry about the friends. It seems that my friend group might not represent the majority, as it's been widely voiced that people want their friends' involvement causing companies like Tinder, Wingman, and Facebook to begin to respond to the demand as well. They aim to better simulate real life and ensure greater quality matches. But I do think that there's some ethical questions that arise from this. I asked my friends what they thought. Real life dating has much more information for you. In person, you really get a real judge of who they are, how they speak, how they hold themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. The disadvantage to like meeting somebody through your friends is that like once you break up, like, that could be awkward, you know? Mm hmm And if you meet somebody on an app, like, it's highly unlikely that you'll, like, ever see them again once you guys break up. Also, one note, uh, I think it's even harder, like, as a woman to find other women to date because then there's this extra added element of, you know, not only do I not know if this person is interested in me, I don't even know if this person is, like, gay. So I've had way more success with women on apps just because it, like, removes a lot of the uncertainty there. And do you guys think this is a fad or is it like an evolution or shift in dating apps? Honestly, I think this one could grow or another one like it could come up. Because it is fun. It's just like literally its main drawback is that there's like not that many people on it. The friend part facilitates getting you higher number of matches. How quality those are, it's subjective. It is now a little over four months since SHIP launched, and there is an influx of students with greater free time for dating as well as younger individuals visiting or getting internships in the city this summer. SHIP is a part of a growing trend helping millennials and Gen Zers like ourselves find potential partners in a time of competitive job markets and educational preoccupations. So do you think it's like it's we're just going after this idea of how dimensional we can make a person online? I think so, because you can't really tell that much about a person from their picture and their bio. So, yeah, I think any, like, dimension you can add gives you, like, more information about, like, how you would actually like the person. But I don't know mm -hmm. if your friends swiping for you actually gives them more dimension. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. It's, it kind of just, like, falls into the, all right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, nope, swipe left. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you really don't even look at the body. You just kind of just look at the first picture they posted. And if it's like, you know, not a good picture, then sorry, bro. Right. Because, I mean, we were all sitting there, you know, swiping fast, like messing around with each other. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a game, honestly. Yeah. This past year, IBIS World estimated that U.S. dating services are a $3 billion a year industry. It is continuing to grow with upwards of 15% of U.S. adults, which equates to about 50 million Americans, using websites and apps to pursue romance. There is an incredible influx of dating services across the globe, and match analysts have estimated that by next year, the global market will be $12 billion. It will be interesting to see how apps like SHIP impact this. For The Rundown on 89.1 FM, I'm Dominique Cruz.
The Quickie Film Festival is, well, a quickie in that the festival features over 60 one-minute or less films. Challenging, right? So to get a better grasp on how this festival works, I sat down with Quickie Fest creators Anna Roisman and Michael Muntner. So can you tell me about both your backgrounds in storytelling and comedy? Yes. So I went to school at BU. Am I allowed to say that here at NYU? I think I'm I'm sorry. I'm saying it. I was a TV production major. I always wanted to be an actor. So I kind of always loved telling stories, telling other people's stories. And then when I moved here after graduation, I started doing UCB. You know, I would do these fun little indie shows. And then I was kind of like a couple of years later, I was like, um people aren't coming to my improv shows. Like it's hard to get people to see my work. So I started making videos and I met a lot of people in my classes there. And whenever we could get our hands on a camera, we would just like make content and put it on YouTube and then just stare at the view count and pray that it would go viral. I started taking classes at UCB back in 2011. I had gone on a trip away one summer and I like while I was away, it was like a lonely trip. And I remember being in this in this hotel room and I'm just I'm like, I got to start doing improv when I come back. Friends of mine started doing their own video show and I got back into making movies again, something I really enjoy doing. The thing about improv is, is that it, it disappears. You know, you do it once and it's gone forever. Whereas like making movies, uh, it lasts a little bit longer. For our listeners, what exactly is Quickie Fest? It's a magical ride. Quickie Fest is a one-minute film festival, and our motto is, can you tell a story in one minute? And I call it a film festival because we showcase about 60 movies. They're all 60 seconds or less of any genre. A lot of them are comedic, which is great, but we do have, you know, documentary and horror and drama and whatever, music video. So really, as long as you can meet the challenge of 60 seconds or less and make it look cool, we're up for it (laughs) now what makes this festival unique like you can watch anything if it's a minute or less you know it could be great you'll love it it could be the worst thing in the world and it's over and it's done Mm -hmm. and so it's a very watchable film festival you know we pitched it to somebody and they suggested like oh you could call it like add tv (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like well as a as a special ed teacher i don't know that i would call a television show that Tell me what the purpose of the audience and the jury is at Quickie Fest. They both have very big roles. So there are two winners from each half. There's the audience pick and the jury pick. So we have an industry special jury, we call it. And it's usually people who work in production and entertainment and, you know, who've had a career in some form of, I don't know, content creation or comedy. And the jury gets to pick their favorite films. And the audience is also voting on a winner. So there are two winners from each half. There's the audience pick and the jury pick. What was probably your favorite Quickie Fest submission? It's a favorite, but it's like a different type of movie. So many of them are so fast and they're funny. The majority are funny, are are comedic. There was one we uh, got last year, and I don't even remember who made it. It's hard when there's so many creators, but it's just an overhead shot of a 747 in slow motion entering the frame and it's like this zen like music playing as it as it flies overhead and you're watching it and you're wondering you know what's going to happen like how is this going to end and it just keeps on going and then it eventually like completely leaves the frame and 
well, that was 60 seconds and it just cuts to black. In like in a video show like this, when so many things are comedic, there's a punchline, you know, a blackout line to have something that's like this. It was Zen like it was relaxing, like the audience loved it. I loved it. What will make for a good quickie fest submission? Some people try and pack so many things in because they think it's impressive to have multiple characters and locations and, you know, this and that. And it's kind of like, yes, that is impressive, I think, in a real film that's two hours, but in 60 seconds, like, how can you capture your audience and keep them in mm -hmm. the whole time? Because we do live in this world where it's like, if you know you're going into something that's 60 seconds, it better be the best 60 seconds <laughs> I've seen. And why one minute? The thing about one minute or less that speaks to me is that you are able to engage with something. It's very watchable. I guess maybe it's a problem, you know, like our attention spans aren't what they used to be for society. You know, if you come to the show on Saturday night, you'll see things that you wish were longer. You know, you're like, I love this. I could keep on watching it. And other things that, you know, you're so happy that it's over. What would you want the audience to take away from this festival? I would love for people to just uh, to see how amazing the quality of work is right now. The bar has been raised for content creation. And like most of these people are like renting cameras or whatever. Or they have a camera like but they make such awesome stuff. And 10 years ago, we weren't making videos with this kind of quality. And so I think that I want them to leave feeling like they saw a lot of amazing things and they're inspired to go and make their own stuff because it is not that hard to make a 60 second you know, piece. And that they want to work with some of our creators or us or you know, that they take away, that they're like, wow, that was a really like fun, successful night. I'm inspired by all of the work I saw. Now, before I let Anna and Michael go, I challenged them in quickie fest fashion to tell me a story in, well, one minute or less. Okay, ready. So I like to travel. And a few years ago, I was traveling in Colombia. Okay, so the other day I was shooting my own Quickie Fest video in McCarran Park in Brooklyn. And I needed a city bike and I needed to go to the farmer's market. And um, I was like told to go to this one village. It was like the adventure village. And uh, like I got to do some cool things, some cool hikes, uh, whitewater rafting, stuff like that. Anyway, one day I woke up and I had like asthmatic bronchitis and I needed to go to the clinic and I really don't speak Spanish and I should speak Spanish. And I went and got the city bag and then I went to the farmer's market and I did my shots I needed. And I also saw the pickle woman there and she has amazing pickles. And I was like, wow, I want a jar of, you know, like a container of pickles. So I got one and then I had to return the city bike. So the owner of the youth hostel took me to this clinic. They, you know, they diagnosed me. They're like, all right, asthmatic bronchitis. Like, how are you treated in America? And I'm like, I don't know. They give me a steroid and like a nebulizer. And I brought the bike back and I put the bag of pickles on the ground and I was not on the street. I was like on the side of the street. And then this truck just like runs over my jar of pickles and I freak out and I'm like, no, you those are my pickles. But the, the steroid was like a shot and this these nurses were like inserting it into my arm and then like pulling it out and blood was mixing. And he pretends he didn't even 
go over it. And I was like, what the f***? And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stick this bag of exploded pickles in the back of his truck when he's not looking. And I did. I did. You know, it's a it's Picklegate 2019. And then the woman gave me a new batch. So, like, it ended up being fine. And I'm, like, calling for the guy. I'm like, Sean, Sean. And the nurses made fun of me. And they're like, Sean, Sean. Um, uh, yeah, that's a minute, it looks like. <laughs> Sorry. I guess we won't ever find out what happens at the end. <laughs> The 7th Annual Quickie Film Festival will be happening this Saturday from 7 to 10 over at the School of Visual Arts Theatre. And that's going to do it for this episode. If you like what you hear, want to send us a pitch, or want to know the end of Michael's one-minute story, shoot us an email at news at wnyu.org. That's once again news at wnyu.org. You can also keep up to date with our episodes over at SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Sick Transit Glory is next. I'm your host, Harrison VJ Choi, and this has been The Rundown over on WNYU 89.1 FM, New York. <laughs>